is Bloomberg Surveillance. Historically, we have never seen oil prices come up this far, this sharply, without seeing a production response of a significant magnitude. I think banks are going to have a very tough go of it. And the only way you're going to make money over the next 12 months is to trade them. You wonder whether there's now a case beginning to be built to say we need fiscal stimulus around the world and maybe the IMF should begin to help that process. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It's 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 7 p.m. in Beijing, where today the Chinese government touched off a global stock rally by reporting that country's exports jumped by the most in a year during March. The Shanghai Composite finished up 1.4 percent, Tokyo's Nikkei 2.8 percent, the yen weaker for a second day, 109.23 right now. The good times continue to roll in Europe, where miners are leading the stock 600 higher. And again, China gets the credit. Right now, the stocks is up 7 points, 2.1%. The DAX is up 219 points, 2 and a quarter percent. The CAC 40 in Paris, 110 points higher. That's two and a half percent. The euro, weaker today. What Mario wants, 113.05 on the day. Even so, European bonds are higher. The German two-year note yield down to negative 52 basis points. Here in the U.S., futures are up, pointing to a higher open, 12 points for the S&P E-mini futures, six-tenths of a percent. Dow E-minis are up 99 points right now, six-tenths. And NASDAQ 100 E-minis up by 34 points, three-quarters of a percent. Bonds lower here today as well. Yields higher, 1.79% for your 10-year. The five-year going for 1.23, 76 basis points for the two-year note. The dollar index is higher at 94.58. Oil, though, off a four-year high yesterday. West Texas now 41.53, 1.5% lower. Brent crude 44.24, 1% lower on the day. Some questions uh, in people's minds about whether or not that uh, big meeting scheduled for Sunday on whether to cap oil production will actually produce anything. We also get oil inventories 10.30 this morning. Two company stories making news this morning. Some 39,000 Verizon workers went on strike an hour ago. Verizon shares have not opened for trading yet. Uh, Today they finished up six-tenths of a percent yesterday. And J.P. Morgan Chase reporting today better than expected earnings per share of $1.35, but that's a net income that was 6.7% lower than it was a year ago. Lower trading, lower investment banking revenue. J.P. Morgan shares, interestingly enough, up Two and a half percent, even though net income is down. We'll talk about how Jamie Diamond did this with Allison Williams from Bloomberg Research coming up in just a few moments. But Jim Bianco is here right now, the perfect person to talk to about this conundrum from uh, Bianco Research. J.P. Morgan shares are up, even though revenue was down. Uh, this whole earnings per share thing is really just a giant casino game, isn't it? Uh, you can be at times, especially with the banks, given their complexity. It's really hard to really move through as to 
whether the banks are doing well or not doing well. They're so big. J.P. Morgan's the largest bank in the United States. It'll well over $2 trillion in assets on top of it to add another level of complexity as well. You track uh, how earnings per share on a S&P 500 basis are doing throughout the earnings season, and generally what you find is it's a little bit of Lake Wobegon. Everybody is better than average. That's right. On average, 70% of the companies will beat on their Wall Street guess. And that has been the case now for going on 20 years. So the story as earnings will unfold is everybody will tell you, well, the companies are doing better than we thought. They do every quarter. Uh, so if you factor that in as a fudge factor, when you look at the numbers, S&P companies uh, in total are expected to have earnings down 10% from a year ago. It'll probably end up down 7 or down 6 the big thing there is it's down seven or down six. It's a negative on a year-over-year basis, so it's not good. When you look out over the coming quarters, is this likely to be the worst? Well, so far, if you look at the analyst estimates, and they're always too high, they expect more losses in the in the uh, second quarter. They are looking for the year-end right now to be somewhere about positive 3%. But they've still got nine more months to mark those numbers down, which is what they usually do. So unless something dramatic happens, you're looking at another subpar year in earnings, like last year and like the year before. I know Tom wants to get in here. I did, it, a question just occurred to me uh, when when you were talking about 70% of companies beating estimates. Uh, banks and others pay analysts a lot of money to try to figure out what company earnings are going to be, and you're telling me that three-quarters of the time they're wrong. Yeah, you know, and they're not usually on the um, on the revenue side. They're a lot closer. I think there's a little bit of gaming that goes on there. Uh, comp- uh, analysts want access. Companies want to beat because that is the metric on Wall Street to say that you're doing a good job is whatever Wall Street estimates, you do better. And that's everybody guides and all the analysts know the game. And that's why you wind up always having about 70 percent beat. Yeah. The, the magic I've seen in this is everyone understands the game that you correctly describe and we all adjust for it within companies that we perceive as competent. What's interesting is that the margin outside the average and the S&P 500, you've got X number of companies where you know you've got to adjust a lot more with a grain of salt. And again, with that said, I would say earnings within banking and particularly non-banking Wall Street always have a greater volatility. And Brad Hintz lived with this for years at Sanford Bernstein. That's true, that the earnings should have a volatility. In fact, there's a kind of a running joke that companies yeah. that, uh, you know, report better than expected earnings for 10 consecutive quarters are most, are the ones most likely yeah. to wind up getting SEC violations for accounting than uh, the ones that aren't. So the more that they consistently beat, because right. the world doesn't work that way. You but, don't consistently beat every quarter. But one of the distinctions here, folks, not to get too inside CFA baseball, is it's widely understood there's less massaging here than there is in a lot of Europe. I mean, you look at German uh, processes for revenue recognition, and if you did that in the United States, it's not that you'd go to jail, but you'd, you'd, you'd be under scrutiny. You'd be under FASB scrutiny, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds you of the, uh, the old Winston Churchill line about democracy, right? It's the uh, worst system we've ever seen developed, except yeah. for every other system. Well, that's kind of the way that GAP and FASB yeah, is in the United States. That's, that's level four CFA for those of you that are keeping up with the global <laughs> Wall Street uh, discussion. Bloomberg Surveillance, we say good morning on J.P. Morgan Earnings Day. James Bianco with us. We say good morning and let you know that we're brought to you by Invesco. Explore what high-conviction investing means. 
To Invesco's value equity managers, watch the conversation at Invesco.com slash interactive. And I was thrilled to be there uh, and do an interactive thing with Invesco uh, with their value people. They have one, their dividend track record on value is jaw-dropping right now. And Jim Bianco, that brings up the point of is dividend growing stocks, blue chip, nifty 50 stocks, we all know they're priced to perfection. Can you own perfection now? Can you own a 22 or a 25 PE? You know, it's going to be a real tough game to own that right now. You've got GDP that's coming in below average. You've got negative earnings. The big positive you have right now in the world is easy central banks, or at least in the case of the Fed, no rate hikes as, or rate hikes as quickly as we thought. So in that environment, if you want to own some kind of a, you know, a, a very high PE company, you're really yeah. betting on an inside straight, and usually people that bet on inside straights don't get them. Are you going to give a victory lap to Mr. Diamond? I mean, when you look at his performance, obviously relative to the poster child, Deutsche Bank, but frankly others. He was out near Chicago with Bank One. Was he banished there, Michael? Uh, they, they took away resurrected his, his career. They man. took yeah, away his Yankee tickets yeah. or whatever. I mean, he goes out there. He has forced to watch the Chicago Cubs. Forced, I say, to go to Wrigley Field. He comes back here. He's pilloried by Washington. But, I mean, he's employing only 200,000 people. That's not the worst thing, is it? No, I mean, it, it is an extraordinarily difficult job to manage a large, complex bank. See Citibank, if you know, if you want an example of how hard it can be to find somebody. And when you get somebody like Jamie Dimon that is well suited and is doing the job that he's doing, they're, you know, worth their weight in gold. He has done a very good job in a very difficult place to do it. And the stock up gotta, this morning is. Got to ask one last very quick Please. question. If analysts are wrong most of the time, analysts say the Chicago Cubs are going to win the World Series this year. What does Jim Bianco say? Well, that's the one place where they're going to be right. <laughs> All right, there you have a forecast. Right. The last time that the uh, Chicago <clears throat> Cubs won the World Series, the Federal Reserve did not exist. So uh, we got a... <laughs> There is your economic analysis today. Mike, it's April 13th. Yeah. Well, uh... Boston's three and four. You do the math. How about those Baltimore <laughs> Orioles? Seven and oh now. Not that we should bring yeah, that up. Back to 1944. Yeah. Very yeah. impressive. The St. Louis Browns and all that. So there's your baseball report for today. We'll get the Stanley Cup started. We'll have the hockey report in the next uh, hour. James Bianco, thank you so much. Just terrific research. When he's on, folks, we get a million emails. Can you send me his research? No. We protect the copyright of all of our guests. We even protect the copyright of Michael Barr's newscasts here in New York. And we'll get there. I mean, they're treasured, Michael, right? Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Absolutely treasured. Futures up 12. Dow futures up 96. The yield 1.79. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Mount Kisco Volvo. Visit com. Here's Michael Barr with those news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. A Texas teenager who received a probated sentence after a 2013 drunken driving wreck that killed four people and left two others severely injured is due in court today. Ethan Couch, who turned 19 on Monday, could face more jail time as part of the conditions of his adult probation. He and his mother fled to Mexico in December after a video surfaced online appearing to show Couch at a party where alcohol was being served. An Ohio police officer has died two days after he was critically wounded when police say a man opened fire on a SWAT team trying to arrest him. Polling stations are open in government-held parts of Syria, 
for the election of a new 250-member parliament. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Again, futures up 12, Dow futures up 95, J.P. Morgan up as well off earnings. Uh, the ten-year, the two-year yield, two-year in Germany, is a negative point five two zero. That gets my attention this morning. Later, Brad Hintz on banks. Bloomberg surveillance brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing: the ultimate driving machine. <laughs> 